right. Eric Bibb. The son, if you remember, his father, Leon Bibb, who was a Broadway performer, but Eric was traveling rather capably in his father's shoes. And he's here singing, don't ever, I want to repeat that word, don't ever let somebody, uh, don't ever let nobody, see, a double negative, don't ever let nobody drag your spirit down. And that is from his 2010 album called A Ship of Love. This is Lead Stories. I'm Matrice Lead, and it's uh, another day in paradise. <laughs> you, you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it's paradise, do you? Well, this is what it is. We make the best of what we have. So I'm continuing with the questions today, hoping that you have some answers, because Lord knows we need answers. Maybe you have insights as well. And the number to call after you hear some of these questions is 888-874-4888. That number should be emblazoned on your frontal lobe, it should be in your mind forever. 888-874-4888. And I want to start off by talking about President Biden's announcement yesterday as he was attending this emergency meeting to discuss the situation in Europe. Uh, the war that is raging and the consequences and fallout of this war. And I was watching and listening to the tone of coverage in the United States. It was just said kind of matter-of-factly that the president is proposing to house or to be a resource for 100,000 people, 100,000 people from the region of Ukraine and Russia and in, in the uh, embroiled in that war, uh, impacted by it. No mention was made as to how soon or what exactly is meant by providing a safe haven for 100,000 people. I am not against anybody being generous to people who are in extreme distress. But it seemed to me that the President of the United States should at least have consulted with Congress because if you are getting 100,000 100, more people into your country, somebody ought to know. And they ought to know what arrangements, what money is available to adequately provide for an additional 100,000 people. Well, 
are they going to be? How will they survive? What plans does the president have to keep these folks going? Has he discussed this with Congress at all? Or anybody? Or is this one of those, I don't need anybody's permission, I'm making this decision myself based on the exigencies of the moment. And it is perfectly in line with the United States history of generosity to those in extreme distress. Do we accept that? Is that an acceptable way to operate something as massive as the relocation of 100,000 refugees? Which means it is to be expected they will be arriving with nothing and they will be expecting to be provided all that they need. And in case people want to know what that entails, let me just give you a few examples. They have to be fed daily. They have to have a place to live eventually. They can't just be shoved under a canvas tent. They have to have some form of employment which would help them earn some money to move toward the point of self-sufficiency, if that's possible. Where is there in the United States right now, because this is presented to us as a plan that is going to go into effect very soon because the situation is so dire. How is it? I, I have to ask a question and I, I don't want you to misunderstand me at all. How is it that in certain circumstances Heaven and earth could be moved out of the way to get things done. And in other circumstances, it takes, what, a couple of centuries? How is that possible? How do we find some kind of equation there? What will these 100,000 people be doing for a living? Who is going to take care of them? Where are the schools to house their children? Where are the hospitals that would see to their medical needs? Where are the communities that are thoroughly emptied out? Or are you proposing integration? Maybe that's what the good president has in mind. And where would such communities be? What kind of planning is this? 
what were the concerns that were raised and what were the answers to those concerns? He has announced it. A hundred thousand people. And now you're going to tell the rest of us listening, what do you decipher from this announced plan by the president? What do you decipher from it? What could be the possible motivation here? Is it simply, you know, a very nice man reaching out to people who are in a terrible state of distress? Or something else happening here? And if so, what is that something? 888-874-4888. You should have an answer immediately to a question like that. Because in one way or the other, we have broached this question before, this issue before. What does this eventually mean to the rest of us, to this country? What could Biden be thinking by coming up with a plan like this? 888-874-4888. And what immediately triggers your mind? What thoughts start percolating in your mind? With the president having informed us, not if he, he's not saying, I don't know if you approve, he said, in, in so many words, I don't need your approval. This is what we're going to do as a country. It is done. This is going to be policy. Get used to it. I don't know. I think we need to start raising some questions here. Patricia from New York, you're on the air. Good afternoon, you and I hope all is well with you. You and know, you I hope all those black and brown people who uh, brought him into office are jubilant with this announcement because it seems to me that in about, what, 20 years with the browning of America that we need to have some balance here. So could the balance be 100,000 Ukrainians into this country? <laughs> uh, have you given any thought as to where they will live? Ah! Well, let's see. How many Afghans came in and were spread across this country? I wonder whether these big cities or these small towns are prepared to take them. I know here in New York, everybody has opened their arms in their homes. Oh, that is so nice of New Yorkers. New York is nice? so generous. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, we have a lot of homeless people on the street. I wonder who's willing to take them in. Hmm. What do you think is really, how should we really interpret this, you think? 
Well, I, t- I began to touch on this yesterday. <clears throat> um, this really underscores Western racism around the world. It's not just in the U.S. It's not just in Europe. It's it's a this is a racism is a worldwide phenomena, and this is just evidence of that. How so? Well, if you look at Europe. They are, have opened their arms, their homes, their jobs, their economy. They didn't do that as um, people were fleeing Libya and African, you know, Africans uh, crossing the Mediterranean Sea were drowning. Nobody opened their arms and their homes and their economy for them. Completely different experience. So, what is the sum total of the message that you get from that? <laughs> Black people, we need to find, you know, it's like the bull we were trying to find a home where we belong. <laughs> Just looking for a home. Just looking for a home. Was this a good move on the part of the president? He could care less what black people think. He's already told us that. This is not, this is, you know, it, like yesterday when I said this, this civil war has nothing to do with, with, with uh, Ukraine. Poor Zelensky thought that we were going to come in and we were going to just give him all the resources he needed to quell Russia. Has, this has to do with Biden reclaiming his position in NATO unifying NATO forces under his jurisdiction. This got nothing to do with black people, but we're going to be the ones who suffer. You know that for sure? I know that for sure. If I'm black, I know that for sure. (laughs) Guess what? I think so, too. Or, Or maybe we bring unnecessarily paranoid. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't think so. We Haven't we seen this before? This bait and switch. Haven't we seen this before? Jeez. Well, we'll see what he comes up with as a timetable, what is the proposal is where these 100,000 people who immediately will change the voting profile in many communities, we'll see how this works and whether uh, the president had the authority to unilaterally act and produce this brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, proposition. We'll see. Let's see what the Congressional Black Caucus does. Thanks a lot. I was (laughs) trying to be cheerful, but uh, (laughs) you drove a nail into it. Thank you very much uh, for calling in and contributing today. Henry from Chicago, you're on the air. Was this a good plan? Is this a good plan? What does Joe Biden mean to communicate with this plan? Uh, how you doing, you tree? I'm hanging in. All right, all right. I am too. Um, uh, before I start, I, uh, in regards to what, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's, 
that's Patricia. She's on the ball about it, and, you know, I, I'm thinking the same thing. Joe Biden is basically communicating to, you know, the, the population that white people are more important than non-white people. Um, in your opening monologue when you were talking, and I don't know if you did this intentionally or you just did this unconsciously, but you didn't, you, you know, you, you didn't describe the Ukrainians as uh, migrants, illegals, and you didn't even you didn't even say Ukrainians. You said you called them refugees. So, yes, like sir. I said, I don't know if you intentionally did that or you <laughs> or you unconsciously. Well, that's that's what he called them. He called okay, them refugees. Yeah, and so, and so he and the and the Western media have this you know, have this notion to label, you know, the Ukrainians in this dire situation of people who are in need. But when there are people who are running away from war in Central America, they're not called refugees. They're called migrants. They're called illegals. They're called all kind of names. Haitians who are running from a, a, a country that is uh, – totally destabilized, uh, they're not called refugees. Matter of fact, they, they get stuck in the middle of the, uh, of the ocean uh, where, you know, sharks are all over the place and they can't get entry into, you know, this country. And so basically it's just telling me and it's telling Joe Biden is basically communicating that, all of those other non-white people who are coming to this country are not important. That we have to take care of this uh, uh, of the Ukrainians who are who are running from a situation that we cause. Do you appreciate the fact that what he is trying to communicate to the world is that here's yet another example of the. The, the big heart that America has, and we owe it as a, may I use the word, Christian duty to help. <laughs> I, I didn't mean for you to laugh. That's a very serious <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how to respond to that because it's just so funny. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got I to gotta, you know, go back to the original point because this is, this is a case of Joe Biden who is losing, he's losing favor amongst, you know, the American public. I just saw a recent poll where his numbers, uh, his numbers are down. Uh, because um, for for some reason or another, and and this is what I read in the report. I think it was either the New York Times or or, or one of those uh, major publications where they were they were caught, they were saying that Biden is not is is not uh, stern enough against uh, the Russians in this whole war. And so I'm like, okay, so what else do you want him to do? Do you want him to start World War Three? Because I don't think these people who are being polled understand that if you send troops or if you shoot down Russian planes, 
You're going to start World War III, and this is not going to be the same type of war that you saw in World War II and World War One. This is going to be nuclear, and it's going to end the world as you know it. So what do you think of his pronouncement? What are we to think of this? Is it just a matter of his humanity? This is a humanitarian act on the part of a religious and devout Catholic president. I mean, it, 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 if you look at it from a white supremacist perspective, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, for, for me, other non-white people, and other people who, you know, even white people who, 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 who are, you know, who are trying to be, you know, uh, anti-racist, this is not humanitarian at all because it's just basically slanting against a certain group of people. Now, I'm wondering if, you know, if this was, you know, uh, Somalia or some other region where uh, the Russians were, were, were attacking them, would, would he have been so gracious to let them in? And, and, and my answer would be no. He wouldn't. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thanks for contributing today. Ed from New York, you're on the air. What does this mean, this pronouncement by the president that he is about ready to make room instantly for 100,000 people from Ukraine and Russia who wish to leave and uh, to resettle as refugees here in the United States. What, what are the subtexts of that pronouncement? Well, uh, yeah, by the way, good afternoon, Latrice. Good, um, good afternoon. This is something that is really personal to me because I have family, uh, uh, even though they're distant in Yemen, and I'm familiar with what's going on with Tigran, and I'm familiar with what's going on with, and I also have relatives that are of Haitian descent, and I just want to run up and kick Biden in the freaking head. I mean, really, this is disgusting. The coverage of this whole event, the way these people have been collared, and, and the way that that uh, Yemen, Tigray, um, uh, even Haiti, have been thought of as an afterthought. And this, they, how dare you, man, talk about Christianity or talk about human values or talk about God. You should take the name out of your freaking mouth. Because what this country has done and is doing is disgusting. Every 15 minutes, a, a kid dies under the age of 10 in Yemen. And Tigray, the, the opposition set up a rape factory. They took over a school, which, which was for girls. They filled it up with militants and, and mercenaries, and they raped women 24 hours a day. And, and the only reason I know about this is because I go through alternate news, the gray zone. Uh, uh, Greg Palace, and I, and I look into it, and you hear nothing about this in, in American news. And this man is going to give him a sense that, oh, we're humanitarian, we're going to open our arms for these Caucasian people. To be totally honest with you, I said let them Europeans kill each other. I could care less. Wow. That's kind of rough. I could care less. They've been doing it for a thousand years. They've been doing it since the Dark Ages. Continue. So what does you know, it mean? He has made this announcement. What do you see as immediate implications here? 
Well, we're going, we're going to lose money. We, we've got enough problems here as it is. We're still recovering from, from what, quote, unquote, pandemic has done to us. There are still people that are, that, that he, he reneged on half of his campaign promises from the fight for 15 to student debt, to, to student debt forgiveness, to, 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 to housing issues, to the rise in rent, to just common the rise in gasoline. This country is in crisis, and you're just going to turn your hands over and say, oh, you know, we got to help all these people. Listen, I'm sorry. I've seen this country turn its back on the world if it ain't Caucasian. And to tell you the truth, I was in the Army. I served this country for five years. I was over there. Let them Europeans kill each other because that's what they enjoy doing. I'm sorry. Why, why did he make that statement at that time yesterday? What is, does timing have anything to do with this? Well, yeah, timing has a lot to do with it. I mean, the war is it, we, we get contradictory reports. Like I said, you've got to look for your news. You've got to look for your outlets. Russia is not doing that badly in this war, and Ukraine is about to fall. The president of Ukraine, this, this mock president who was a, a, a comedian who played the, the piano, one of his skits was to play the piano on TV with his member. I mean, he's a joke. He was popped up by the, by the United States government through Biden and, and uh, you know, don't want to speak ill of the dead, Madeleine Albright and all their ilk, and, and now they're up against it. And, 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 and Biden wants to look like the humanitarian. He wants to improve his poll ratings. He wants to increase the, 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 the backing of NATO. And, and, and they don't want us. I, I don't think Putin or Biden wants to go into global thermonuclear exchange. But this is a show. This is a show for China. This is a show for the world. There's a shift going on, a paradigm shift in the power on this planet. And in the next 50 years, you're going to have to deal with China. You're going to have to deal with Asia. The, the, the Ping is making the Belt Road Initiative, and he's, you, you won't be able to move a piece of merchandise around the world without having to go through China in, in, in one way, shape, or form. And, and America is trying to juxtaposition <laughs> and jockey itself in, in, in a good way. And this is part of the game. It, this is part of the game. But the game sickens me because of the human lives that are being destroyed by this country's greed and avarice. And then if you open your mouth and say that you're some type of freaking humanitarian, you know, Papa Biden will jump off a cliff, man. I'm serious. Wow. Lots of love you have today. Nothing to love for, baby. <laughs> Lots of love. Rob from New York. And by the way, if you're hearing background noises, I'm in the middle of construction. All my windows are closed. And the noise is going to be with us just the same. So, welcome to my world. Rob, you're on the air. Well, Rob is not there. Ali from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Utrecht. How are you doing? Okay. Um... I just, um, and I wanted to say, uh, wanted to say hello to all your listeners, and I know it's a, it's a big group. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I call because, you know, you always mention that Biden is Catholic and he's Christian and he's this and he's all that. And now that I actually was not aware until I listened to your show that he made, he's going to make that announcement about 
getting uh, 100,000 of Ukrainian in here. Of course, you, you can't say Ukrainian. You have before you say that blonde and blue-eyed Ukrainian people here. So you have to put, you know, those adjectives right in front of the people. Um, to describe them, because uh, in, I, I thought about it, and I thought about the people in Afghanistan, they actually, they were running after a lot of the planes on their termites, that they were running to even hang on, the tr on those planes, because Biden didn't really make uh, arrangements to take a lot of these people, and a lot of these people that were running after those planes were people that they actually had worked with Americans in Afghanistan, and they were left behind. So the difference about in here is like they never really, and I don't even think Biden really cared about Ukraine. Biden is about giving a punch in the eye to Putin or to the Russian uh, government and the Russian people, uh, as a matter of fact, because some of the things that are happening right now is not only with the government, because here, if you go to a lot of Latin American countries that they don't, they don't want the gringo around, they're not talking about the people, the visitors, the Americans that go to those lands. They're talking about the American government when they say gringo go home. They're talking about the American government. So I don't even think that he cares about the Ukraine per se, but it's about getting back at Putin. But being a humanitarian, being that, it, oh, my God, I'm a Christian, I'm super, my Christian values, which I don't know what Christian values are in this country, because uh, the people that they're really, really Christian, they 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 racist more than anything else. That's, uh, that is the, the flag that they, they easily bring out. So, um, and, and with the announcement that uh, Putin said, if you are against me, I want you to pay my gas and my oil in rubles. So don't give me this American dollar or this uh, euro. I want you to pay on my own currency. So there's a lot of hidden stuff going on here. Uh, when, when Putin says, I want to be paid in rubles, it's supposed to be a slap in the face. It's supposed to be an insult. Um, but there's also something truthful that is being ignored, and that is he anticipates a plummeting in the currency and in the economy. So, you know, it's, it's got so many different levels at which they, they are making these statements. But go ahead. Yes, and the reason that I'm saying that is because anything that is that is coming out from Russia, the um, United States is trying to be ahead of the game. So now they're bringing these people. Listen, I watch a lot of tennis, and one of the things that I have I have noticed is that they have the the, the Ukrainian flag in a lot of these opens. They're very small ATP um, uh, 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 competition, but the first thing that you see is this this. 
uh, yellow and blue flag with the American flag when they're done here. So anything that they could come, they, they, that they know that Russian is coming out. Russian also is talking about, last yesterday, they're talking about doing um, uh, research uh, to see all these labs that they have been able to find and, and do um, the, the research on what exactly United States, because remember, they did, they, they got rid of, United States and the Ukrainian government, they actually got rid of a lot of the paper from those labs, but I think also um, Russian have been able to get in hand on some of those papers. So anything that they do could come up, um, uh, that they could put on top before the uh, Russian government comes out with, is good for the propaganda that is done in this country and around the world. Let's just face it, there are people here, and people like they look like us, sending, giving you a link to, to donate money for these people, for, for, for the Ukrainians. It's just like uh, unbelievable. People that they look like us giving us this. And I just heard by a friend of Patricia and my friend, the same person, she told me, that they're going to close the VA hospital right here where I live, in New York City. So you tell me 100,000 people coming into this country. We have over 60 or 70,000 people on the street of New York, and you bring in these blonde and blue-eyed people into this country? Where if you are a humanitarian, where, how come all these people are on the street? Are more people going to get on the street? So what kind of Christian are you? Then you're supposed to take care of your home before you go out and help somebody else? So well, I don't know um, that there is an order in which a person is supposed to respond to a humanitarian crisis, but it is a legitimate question. How is it the president just goes? He doesn't give us forewarning. He doesn't hint at this being something that he's considering. He doesn't discuss it with Congress. He doesn't discuss it with any authority in the United States. But it's not just 100,000 people. It is also about the immediate changes political, social, economic, employment-wise, what is going to be the intended result of the integration of 100,000 people, boom, just like that, in a country that is already stressed out, that is already unable to provide answers for the same problems that they say they're responding to? Well, what I have to say, I don't know where they're going to bring these people, because as you know, uh, the, the housing uh, problem in this city is enormous. NYSHA is going to be private, privatized, that's what they, they're talking about, and it's going to be done. I know it will be done here in the city. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to, to Ohio or, you know, one of those other states where they're going to put these people. But it doesn't matter where they put these people. The problem that we're having in this country and around the world by inf 
for, you know, we have a lot of inflation. We have a problem with unemployment. If you come here into the city, the only two jobs that I see that people are getting, especially uh, people of color, is either you are an Uber driver or you are a delivery person for all these different companies. That's what you see. You could just stand at the corner and you could just count these people. So if this is a problem here in New York City, that if you make it here, you could make it anywhere, where, what do you think is happening to the other states that they don't have a good uh, economy? I have no idea. I know that you're looking for the right answer. I know that I didn't give you the well, right answer. I don't answer, know what the right answer is. I don't, I'm just looking for something that sounds at least logical. This does not. This does not sound logical at all. The president's uh, proposal, and it is sudden. And again, I don't know. It was not discussed in Congress. It wasn't discussed in any other venue. He just came up with this, and it became news. Yeah. Well, the only thing that I could say is that being that people are so pro-Ukraine, it's basically uh, all... I'm including people of color that they're going crazy. But white people, maybe he thinks it would be, even if he can't bring those people here and he's not consulting anybody, maybe the right thing would be for his re-election and, and the election that they're coming up soon. That's the only thing that I could think of. Well, that is but, a legitimate point as well, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore that. That could be a major point. When... Time goes by, and we can see how much sense it makes. Thank you very much, Ali, for your call today. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. What does this 100,000 people coming to the U.S. as refugees under the plan, which we don't know what the plan is, by Biden? Right. Well, I, I think we don't even have to wait for an election to know that it, it will have a very uh, positive effect for him for the election. I, I really think that will be a good thing for him. I also want to say that, um, you know, 100,000 people sounds like a lot of people, but the, the displacement in the country, I believe, so far is 9 million. So if you're from Ukraine and only 100,000 people are going to get to leave to come to the United States, from that point of view, that's nothing. And you're probably asking yourself, why are we being used as ca cannon fodder? Why are we being, being shot at? Why is our whole country being taken down? Our country is being taken down because we are in the middle of a battle between the United States and Russia. And what continues to be missing from the story is our participation. And our participation is half the participation. Ukraine just happens to be in the middle because... Russia did not want us having our weapons on their border and having 30 NATO, country, NATO countries support, uh, surrounding them. So I think that this 100,000 people is a distraction, and it means nothing to the people that are trying to escape Ukraine, and it means a lot of anger for the people that are living here in America because there's always going to be the compare. So how come we can have 100,000 white people coming from Ukraine, but nobody is allowed to come in from Haiti, which has totally been decimated and, and, and carved out by, by the Clintons, and there was just nothing for those people. And it was so obvious the way they were being treated. They were being treated so poorly, so 
maliciously when they were when they were just trying to escape a very very bad situation in their country. That once again, we are a huge player in that. That didn't just happen. I mean, the Clinton the, the, the Clinton Foundation raised all this money. They built exactly two houses. So, I think that I really think that you're going to see in the long run here. A, a very bitter resentment from the people that live in Ukraine. I think that uh, again, when we talk about weapons and we say, "Oh, we're going to give them what a, you know, six hundred million dollars worth of weapons," that is nothing. That's BS and a teardrop in the bucket of a military budget, especially for a country who's just being decimated. But you know, if, if you're sitting over there, I think that if you're in Ukraine now. You are getting more and more frustrated and watching this all go on and saying, I am a chump. I'm in the middle here. I'm being shot. My lives are, are, are people are dying. And, and they're dying because the United States insists on having uh, their, their, their weapons in the backyard of Russia. And I think that, uh, well, first I want to say I'm happy to hear that there are a lot of people that I just, I'm just really happy when I go out in the street and I hear people saying that they understand and they do know. The United States is playing a huge part here. Half of the part is ours. The other half is Russia. Ukraine is in the middle, okay? And uh, there's a tug of war for this country. And you bet your butt that Russia is going to try to keep it in their backyard because it was always a part of Russia for many, many years. It's right next to them. And, you know, we wouldn't want to have our weapons in, in our – and they were in our backyard when they were in uh, um, uh, Cuba. So I, I think that today – that, we're, that, that what Joe Biden did was he put, he put a teardrop in, in the bucket of the problem of the displacement of these people. So from their point of view, it's not very many people. From our point of view, we're saying it's a, you know, a very small amount of people that wanted to come over from Haiti. Hardly, there were no 100,000 people that were coming over. And we said absolutely no. So it cuts, it cuts in a bunch of different ways. And it cuts with the uh, obvious pointed racism, but it also uh, cut because, um, you know, the people over there are saying, you, you're, you have all these people firing at us, you're not providing us with very much, and you are, you know, you, you, we keep asking you to come to the table and help us, and we're not. Well, you know what, we're not going to go over and help them, because we don't want World War III. I mean, many I don't think the government really wanted that. I think that they really wanted was to shove it down Russia's throat. And there was also something else that was put out of the table, and I think this is an interesting thought. But we wanted to drag uh, Russia into an Afghanistan type of war and totally wear them down over the next, you know, 18 or 20 years and deplete everything. And that could happen because basically, in many senses, this is a civil war that's going on over there. And civil wars are long and they're arduous and they are bloody. So I'm not really concerned. Um, and I do want to say this too. I know for a fact that 100,000 people will not be dropped in the city of New York. No way. Uh, what happens with most of the refuge, uh, ref, um, people who are displaced, they go to um, bigger states, broader states, states that are not as prosperous as we are, but they, they will be placed all over the United States. They will not just be dumped into New York City. So I, I don't think that's really a, a big problem for us as far as what our economy is. But they'll be placed all over the place. But remember... 100,000 people is not very many people, even for the United States, it's not that many people. And for them, it certainly didn't provide them what they need. It didn't provide them any kind of protection. It didn't give them very much at all at the end of the day. And so what, if I was living there, I would be pretty darn mad at the United States, and my resentment would be boiling because 
now I'm stuck, you know, carrying water for you and getting, you know, shot at at the same time, and you have not stepped up to the plate, and you're not going to step up to the plate. So I think that you just got to watch this kettle as it, as it simmers and brews. I think the resentment's going to come out. I honestly think that the Ukrainians are going to turn back to the Russian government for help at the end and, and uh, will end up in their court, not ours. Ooh. Okay, that's an interesting turn of events. Thank you for calling in and contributing today. Rob from New York, you're on the air. Yeah, yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, you know, uh, I kind of uh, agree a lot with what um, your other caller, um, uh, Ed, uh, said, and I think, you know, he's mainly uh, on point when he calls. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting to me how, okay, if, uh, you know, if you're from a European uh, nation, you get welcome with uh, open arms. And, uh, you know, if you're from Haiti, uh, you get uh, beaten by white guys on horses. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's just ridiculous, the uh, contradiction uh, there, you know, between what, what's going on with, uh, these refugees and what's, uh, happened, uh, in, uh, at the, uh, the U S uh, border with the detention and the torture of people. Like, uh, you know, I'm just seeing here on, on the news that it, it's saying that Biden is, uh, what devoting a, but, uh, is going to devote, uh, a billion dollars, uh, to helping with, uh, refugees, and it's just not, you know, it's it's really just not done for uh, other people. Uh, so, I mean, just, I mean, just the, uh, I mean, the, the racism, I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's apparent in my eyes and, you know, the eyes of, you know, a lot of other people that have called, and yours uh, uh, certainly, uh, as you've uh, indicated, do you feel that as a, let's just say the word citizen, as a citizen, there ought to be some kind of measure that is demanded when a president wants to take on an initiative this significant, that they ought to go through a series of of uh, information sessions or something like that and not just say, this is what I'm going to do, and that's the law. What does it make you feel like as a citizen to hear a president make a pronouncement like that as if it were law? Well, I think that he can do that because he's already done a calculation in his head uh, that he knows he's not going to get that much blowback for. Uh, I mean, if he were to say the same thing about people from Haiti, oh my God, it was, I mean, with much lower numbers, I mean, uh, you, you forget about the Republicans in the right wing would be up in arms about it. And they'd be saying, well, we don't know anything about these people. Maybe they could be part of a, a cartel. You know, they would be saying the same, uh, the same stuff about, you know, people from uh, the, the Middle East whose countries we've uh, completely decimated. Oh, well, we don't know anything about these people. Well, they could be terrorists, you know, or, or, or whatever else. 
see, the thing is, no question is being raised about, and, you know, and I think that, you know, with considering the amount of money that is spent on the military, I mean, it's, it's not a billion dollars. I mean, the money is really nothing. But you know, the fact of the matter is that there's so much penny pinching that is already done with, in regards to helping poor people in this country, that it just, um, I mean, it just, you know, it, it just seems, you know, it just seems like there's not, you know, there's just nothing that's going to, uh, there's just nothing that's going to be uh, done that's, um, that's really, uh, you know, that really gets at the heart of, uh, of uh, I guess, the heart of the contradiction. Does it bother you that this is a sole project, S-O-L-E, uh, that Biden seems to be undertaking? It is not a project that he mentioned a group of nations is contemplating undertaking. Does that bother you? Uh, hmm. Well, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, well, I guess, I guess a little bit, but I mean, we're kind of, uh, I mean, we're the main, uh, we are the main warmongers, though. But, I mean, NATO is also an alliance of countries, which, I mean, Ukraine isn't part of. But, you know, still, it, it does seem like there are other Western nations that, you know, should also take on responsibility. Uh, so, yeah, so that is... Is that somebody it, knocking at your door or somebody knocking at my door? Well, it must be someone knocking at my door. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Well, go see and, uh, and do talk against him. Okay. Thank you. Um, let's see. Noel from New York. You're on the air. Yes. Hi, Eutrice. Uh, I believe hi. that Joe Biden uh, feels that he knows what's best for all his, all God's children. Um, uh, for example, uh, look, I gave you blacks, Kamala Harris. And I promised that I'm going to give you uh, Ketenji Brown, and um, I'll just take care of business because I know what's best for all of you. You just follow behind Father, and Father knows Father knows best. <laughs> and then I'll get Al Sharpton, and I'll get Hakeem Jeffries to bring those blacks in, the the ones who are kind of on the fence, and that's what I that's what I feel. The contradiction continues. I'm a, I'm a uh, teacher about to retire, and on the local level about um, uh, contradictions, I understand that um, uh, the mayor will be allowing athletes to participate, but firemen, policemen, nurses, we can't do anything because we still have to get the shot. So it's government at its best because they know what's best for us. Don't you know that? They know when we should go to the bathroom. They know what we should take in. We should. That's what I believe. But on a serious note. Yes, ma'am. This, this is, uh, how did it strike you when you heard it? 
When I heard what exactly? I'm not sure what you mean. The, the announcement that this is what uh, Biden's announcement that this is what the country will be doing. Well, again, he knows what's best. He believes he knows what's best. And like Walter Cronkite, the father of the nation, we should just follow suit and not ask any questions, not think for ourselves, not ask who's paying for it, not ask what benefits I'm losing. Nothing. We should just follow along with father. You know, he's he's no more than a, a, a Jim Jones, you know? Well, just don't go drinking Kool-Aid. Well, we we are we are drinking metaphorical Kool Aid with uh, you know between COVID between what you know again who's asking what all the money that is going there and this again that loaf of bread that's now three dollars is going to be four or four dollars four fifty because this money is not backed by anything. I'm looking at also from the financial standpoint that the prices are going to rise because that that billion dollars that's not backed by anything is going to decrease the dollar even more. What is possibly behind? this decision by Biden, from your perspective? Uh, again, he, he, he's taking care of, uh, you know, he's showing how much of, a, and this is not my words, quote, unquote, he's showing the humanitarian. You know, I'm, I remember I came from Barack. I, I'm a humanitarian. You know, even though you bombed Libya and, and different things like that. So I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's all snake oil. And and I don't know when people, and you know, Utrisa, I'll just conclude with this because I know you're getting close to the top of the hour, that uh, there's some people who are going to still go and vote for him just because he's a Democrat. Oh, he knows best. I don't want Trump in there. As if it makes a difference. Like I always said, the same people I see picking up bottles and cans in the street, whether it's Democrats or Republicans in office, whether it be the House or the Senate, it's the same thing. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you very much for calling in and contributing. This is, uh, I think this is worth a lot more discussion because there's something happening here that has not yet made itself clear. But definitely, there's something happening. Um, this is not a normal way to proceed with policy making. This is not what you do as a, a responsible executive, chief executive. You make an announcement and, well, they'll just have to deal with it. Folks will just have to deal with it. But in the meantime, I'm proceeding with a budget. I don't know where the money's going to come from because if the money is applied, it's going to come from someplace. And usually, as we know, they take from Peter and give to Paul. So... Uh, who will Peter be and who will Paul be this time around? I don't know who uh, Biden is proposing uh, settling his budgetary scores. But there is a problem as well in terms of if you are a member of an international body of nations and you are proposing 
this kind of response where you take on the entire burden, does that mean the, the, the organization as an organization is ineffective? You have no faith? Does that mean that you're not expecting, say, Britain to play a role or Ireland or any other country to play a role as well? You are taking on 100% of the burden of this, the cost of this so-called program that you intend to launch. How do you square this against people in the United States who have serious concerns about the economy, where they are, what the economy is doing to them, how the economy has uh, shrunk and uh, people have more and more pressures on them now to find new ways or other ways to make a living, to take care of themselves and their families. This is not an easy business and it should not have been so casual uh, when Biden shows up out of nowhere and makes this pronouncement. It's not an announcement, it's a pronouncement. This is the way it's going to be. I've decided this is what we, meaning the United States, will be doing. This is not good governance at all. So we should be expecting more in the way of explanation and accountability from Mr. Biden on this uh, very ambitious plan that he has. Where is the money going to come from? How is it going to be apportioned? And why? I mean, it's so clear. Other uh, nations have been similarly situated in a state of stress, owing to war, to incursions by their enemies, the Rohingya. Uh, we just saw a report today that uh, they were said to have been victims of genocide. Now, all the time that the genocide was occurring, you said nothing. You had no plan. You had no intention of assisting people who were subjected to genocide. But why now? Why this particular case? Um, and he has to explain himself. I think he should be called before the nation, explain. Uh, people want to know, why do you choose to act in certain situations and you don't give a hang in other situations? You're not operating with the same set of tools. Thanks so much for calling in today and contributing. And we have so much more to, to go. But today's uh, program was really very interesting, and you came up with some beautiful responses, and we shall follow through. Bye-bye.